Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 46. And in this episode, we have three speakers who are going to talk to us about being an Enneagram 5, Enneagram 6, and Enneagram 7. And if you haven't listened to the last couple, if you want to go back to episode 44, we talk about the, an overview of the Enneagram. And then in, the, in number 45, we talk to twos, threes, and fours. So we're just kind of trying to cover each of them and let you get a little taste of what it feels like to be each of these numbers so you can kind of think about which one you might be. And we really think that the Enneagram helps us understand who we are and what makes us tick. It's good to know yourself better and it's good to know the people you love better. So here are some quotes that are kind of insightful into the five, the six, and the seven. The first one is the five. This quote's by George Carlin and the five might feel like this. I think I am. Therefore, I am. I think. <laughs> so there we have, there's a quote from the fives. And then number the type six, this is from Stephen King. There's no harm in hoping for the best as long as you're prepared for the worst. And then one more. The seven. This is a quote from J.K. Rowling. Let us step into the night and pursue that flighty temptress adventure. So these quotes give you a little snapshot of how they might feel. And we hope you love this episode. We hope it helps you understand the fives and the sixes and the sevens in your life. Let's go. Okay, so we're going to start out this week's episode with the five. And then we'll get into the six and seven because we're going to be talking about the head triad. So here's what it feels like to be a five. I take care of myself and I think others could do the same. I don't always say things out loud, but in my head, I'm pretty sarcastic and cynical. I'm, I often feel awkward around other people. I'm okay if people ask me a few specific questions about myself, but I don't like it when people want too much information. I need time alone. If people want to know how I feel, I will tell them. I generally wish they wouldn't ask. I think thoughts are more reliable than feelings. I need a couple of days to process an experience or know how I feel about something. People are wasteful. I hold on to what I have. Often I find that I would rather observe than participate. I trust myself. That, that means I think about things for a while and then I make my own decisions. I can't understand why people get together to just hang out. I'm a listener. I have to be careful with my time and energy. I get tired when I have to be with people for too long. I often felt in, invisible as a child. Sometimes as an adult, I choose to be. Sometimes I think I should be more generous. It's hard for me. In groups, being uninformed makes me uncomfortable. I don't like big social gatherings. I'd rather be with a few people. Material possessions don't make me happy. And that's kind of the brief overview of a five. So the five we are talking to today is David Simons. Welcome, David. Hello. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on to Afraid Not today and being willing to talk with our listeners about what it's like to be a five on the Enneagram. Okay. started with this first question. Well, tell us a little bit about oh, yourself yeah. first. I almost forgot that part. So please tell us about yourself first and then we'll get into the questions. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'm friends with both of you. So I, uh, I've known you guys for a while. Um, Jill a little better than Robin. Um, I, uh, I'm a father of three kids. I have, uh, what, 25 year old boy, girl twins, and then an 18 year old 
daughter who just graduated. My wife's name is Amy, and I'm not sure what number she is, but um, she tolerates my fiveness pretty well. <laughs> so wh- whatever uh, whatever is compatible with that, I, I would say is what she is. But um, she's a one because um, we're having her as our one guest. So next listen, time. Okay. In two weeks from today, you could actually tune in and hear Amy Simons, David's better half, talking about being a one. <laughs> so yeah. great because they're both supportive in a big way. Thank you. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm an engineer. Uh, at my day job, I work on airplanes, and uh, I also uh, am a musician and play guitar at Life Church, uh, primarily Catoosa, but several other campuses here in uh, here in the Tulsa area. Um, and you know, just a bunch of boring other personal stuff that probably nobody will care about. So it's not boring. <laughs> that's that's it, it's okay. It is, but that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how five would answer that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So tell us about what is the lens you use to see the world as a five? You know, I, I, I thought about some of these questions and I, I don't want to come across uh, as sort of being a jerk, but I mean, sort of, of, of skepticism. Um, uh, sure. Maybe, maybe a, a, a trust, but verify uh, type of lens. So I'm, I'm, I don't want to say maybe critical is not the right word, but um, I, I see things, observe them, think about them, and then decide if if I think that's true uh, or if, if I'm on board with that. And if, uh, you know, if someone tells me they're a certain way or they believe something, I'll, I mean, they almost have to prove it before I will take them at their word. If, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, that yeah. certainly does not make you a jerk. It just means that you are <laughs> methodical. You think, you think it through. And, you know, as you said, you want to verify. So that's really, yeah. a good way to, and that's a good way to be. So um, what goes through your mind when you're walking into a party? Let's say it's a get together of people, you know, where are you going to gravitate to? Are you going to be center of the room in the spotlight? Are you going to be helping in the background serve food, are you going to go find one person? Or are you going to hide in the bathroom? What are, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so Amy and I laughed about, about this question because she answered before I had a chance to, but like when I walk into a party, the first thing I'm thinking about is like, okay, how long do we have to stay and when can we leave? <laughs> um, <laughs> So that that's that's maybe a larger party where I don't know a lot of people. Right. If it's a smaller group of of friends, of course I'm all in. But I still uh, I still tend to gravitate towards uh, one or two people who I can get mm-hmm. in a good discussion with, rather than just be part of a big group discussion. That's sort of not my thing. So, so you're not on the dance floor. Oh no. <laughs> and listeners, if you identify with this, you just might be a five. <laughs> and I, I can think of several parties that I've been to with you guys where I've thought those same things. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that where you, where it talks about how you can kind of make yourself invisible if you want to? Is that kind of what you do? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm six foot four, so it's a little tough, but. Um, I just, 
I don't know. Maybe one of my things is I'm just, I'm kind of an observer, you know, mm -hmm. I just, mm -hmm. um, just observe, listen, make, make lots and lots of notes. And then on the car ride in the, on the way home uh, is when I'll, I'll get super vocal and um, <laughs> tell, tell Amy, so-and-so said this, that I've seen them do, oh, that's not true. I've not, you know, I'll have, <laughs> I'll have opinions on, on things that were said, but I, I, I would never like in a party setting challenge someone uh, about something that was said. It, it's, right. So. But one-to-one -one is not such a problem, right? Oh no, no, no. That's, that's awesome. That's my preferred, <laughs> I think. Right. Y you know that Jill. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, I think we've gotten into several of those one-to-one. <laughs> We have, but like, like, uh, I mean, I'm sure people will listen to this who don't know me or maybe you either, but, uh, Jill's kind of like the sister I never had. So it, I mean, we'll even go to the mat sometimes over, over things, but I know it's all good. And we, <laughs> we walk away as just like, yeah, yeah, she was full of it. And you're thinking, yeah, he was full of it, but we're good. And so, yeah, I mean, one-to-one -one is my preferred way of, well, we're both numbers kind of like that. We kind of like the back and forth arguing a little bit. Where yeah, a little Robin bit. being a nine would be like back in the corner. Right. I'd be thinking, oh no, oh no, oh no, there's a fight. Oh, everyone's not agreeing. This is panic time. So <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not a I would say great conversation tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I so I like people who can uh point counterpoint and really challenge me and make me think uh think about things so mm -hmm. yeah it's so not not a fight you, necessarily just just, just a, a debate yeah a debate i guess hmm. what do you find find challenging about being your number the skepticism part of it you know i i i have a, a tough time taping taking things on on just pure faith just always having to verify and study and and figure things out like it can be exhausting sometimes and mm -hmm. it's not just a one and done a, a lot of the time so i i would say um yeah i guess this is a christian podcast so i can say this but mm -hmm. like in my faith in my in my faith you know i i i i i can never just read the bible and see the little cartoon jesus with you know the blue sash on that you know, grants wishes and cashes, cashes checks as, you know, I, I just, I, I have to always get into it and always question and why is that and wrestle with things where I wish sometimes I could just, just have that faith like a child and go, okay, well, you said it, that's that and, and, and move on. So I'm just, I'm just not that way though. Well, you know, something interesting about the Enneagram is that the things that are our weaknesses can also be the things that are our strengths. And I can see how God may use that quality in your personality to help you know why you believe what you believe, to help you be comfortable with reasoning and talking to people who have doubts, to say, I understand because I have been there. So, uh, you know, apologetics is mm -hmm. being able to defend what we believe and to explain in a gentle and respectful way why we believe it. And so I feel like one of the things that's really a strength about fives is that they can say with honesty, 
I've been there with the doubts. I had to think through a whole lot of this. I had to wrestle and, and contemplate and not just say, I heard it from the pastor, so it must be so, and just put it to rest. So there are a lot of people who are listening who may agree and feel like, oh, good, someone identifies with the fact that I've wrestled with things. So mm-hmm. I think that's a strength. It's a good thing. Yeah, uh, like like most things, um, most character traits, I think they can be strengths or weaknesses at times, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, our next question I'd like to ask you is, what do people – misunderstand about you if they really knew they would they would uh, they would get it but maybe they don't they just haven't understood the deepness of how you feel what do you think they might misunderstand about you being a five um so thinking about this uh so sound sound checks when we're rehearsing at or or doing something like for a set at at Life Church, for example, well, to to look at my face, you would think I'm really ticked off, <laughs> but, I, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm concentrating and I'm thinking and I'm listening to see did we get this part right? Did that come off well? So I, I mean, I've had people ask me before, like, why are you why are you so mad? And um, I'm not. I'm not at all. Uh, I, rather I was, I was thinking and, and concentrating. So I, that's why when I play, I normally chew gum. <laughs> it helps contort my face a little bit. So you can't tell that I'm actually uh, sitting there wrestling with things in my head. Right. So it's, it's always, it's always, that. it's always the wrestling with things in your head bit of it. Always. Right. And, and how that, I guess, visually comes across, um, how that visually comes across to some, to someone who might be looking at me, you know? Well, fives can sometimes come across as aloof, but you're not really aloof. I, I think, do you think? No, I, I mean, what, when I hear aloof, I think kind of like an airhead or something. Is that, is that? Well, I mean, maybe more like standoffish, more um, not interested. Oh, I'm definitely not interested sometimes, but most of the time. It's <laughs> me. There's honesty. Okay. All right. <laughs> most, most, yeah, most of the times it's it's just me thinking and processing things and forgetting that like that that comes across visually. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, Nellie has decided to uh, join the podcast for a moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nope, no problem. Uh, Chocolate Lab wanted to say a few words. Yes. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, That's okay. Our book that we've been referring to throughout this series is The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile. And it tells us that fives in times of stress go to a seven or in times of security, they go to an eight. So I just wondered if you would talk a little bit about that. How have you seen yourself do that in times when you're in stress or in times when you're in security? Yeah, so I, I, I hit Jill up with this because maybe as, as a five, like whenever she starts talking Enneagram stuff, I just <laughs> kind of zone out and, yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> okay, what, whatever, whatever you tell me I am, I'll be that without any further discussion and just move on. But, um, so I don't, I don't really know 
what like usually in stress as five might get more energetic or hyper or entertaining when they're stressed out uh maybe i would say i i get more i get quieter and more focused maybe because there's usually a thing that is stressing me out so i'm gonna try and figure out how i can brute force my way through that Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then in strength, they norm they sometimes go to eight, which is the challenger. And so when you are secure, that's when you kind of are good with debating and you want to get into those little conversations of debate. Yeah. Um you know, I wouldn't I, I think that that's a fair way to say it. Um I I wouldn't ever want to like speak as an authority on or challenge someone or debate them about something I wasn't really sure of. But if, if I'm, if I'm secure in what I, what I know, then I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. If you know it, you know it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, having said that, I don't know a lot, but um, I, I know what I don't know. And in those well, times, you know you've researched. Yeah, yeah, or at least spend some time now thinking about. Mm-hmm. So, so the deadly sin of five is avarice or hoarding, kind of hoarding your own resources. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't be more unlike that. At least from my vantage point, I. You know, you can call me a lot of things and I'll be like, yeah, guilty. But but like greed or hoarding, I just, I'm so not like that. So maybe well, I'm an anomaly. Even, I don't know. Sometimes that can be like just hoarding your energy. Because fives have a tendency to run out of energy as the day goes on. So like if you know that you and Amy are going to a wedding on a Saturday night and you know you're gonna have to stay for at least two hours and you are getting your your mental preparedness for the I'm going to this wedding and maybe you want uh, so if a um, as a five do you kind of feel like I gotta just be ready for this I gotta store up my energy and be I gotta just it's this family wedding have to go or whatever or do you yeah, after after I've already spent every bit of effort I, I have trying to figure out how to get out of going to it when I right, finally right. Sure, sure. like, well, all right, I'm not gonna be able to get out of this, so I guess I better just suck it up and go. So yeah, I mean there's there's that and then I, I think I'm a little uh impatient with you know, Amy tells me all the time, like, people are not like you. You have to show them some grace and you have to, uh, you know, try. you have to just show them some grace and just realize that people are not all like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that respect, if it's if it comes time to show someone how to do something, uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, maybe this is the hoarder bit where I'm more like just, I'll just do it myself. I would rather just do it myself. I don't, I, it'll be easier in the long run and I'll just do that. So maybe, uh, with, with my, uh, resources of like helping people or, or whatever, I, I am sort of like that, I guess. Yeah. If you want to call that, you know, checking that well, box, then 
Yeah, because avarice, it's not really like um, like envy or jealousy, like you're trying to keep your stuff. It, I mean, or like you want what somebody else has. It's just you're trying to hold on to your own resources as much as you can. Not necessarily with money or anything like that, but. Yeah, okay. I mean, so so a little bit, I guess. I, I still, I can think of a whole lot of other things I'm way worse at than that, though. You're stingy with hugs. You don't hug people. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Come on, man. Why? <laughs> I, I, I really, I really don't like hugging people, but you, okay. So you want to know why, and you can edit this out if you want, but I've, I've told you this, you know, I'm super close to Quinn and I'm super close to Hannah, my daughter, of course, but Quinn's like my daughter and they have lots and lots of friends. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're always around. And I never, ever, ever, ever want to give anybody the opportunity to say that guy's a little creepy. He kept hugging me and I didn't want to hug. So right. I'm, I'm always, I just don't ever want to be that guy who's, who's perceived that way. So that's why I tend to keep, keep my distance from <laughs> other people, especially huggers. So, especially huggers. Gotcha. Especially yes. huggers. I mean, and I, I all, you know, I love all y'all, all those kids. I love them to death, but man, I just don't want to be that guy. Yeah, no, I get it. Makes, it. it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I hear you. So anyway. Well, what may be an early memory you have that when you learned about the Enneagram and you figured out that you were a five, that you can look back over your shoulder and see, wow, even though I was only so small, I was already showing this, that, or whatever about being a five. Do you have a memory like that? Or maybe someone has told you about something you did before your memories. Just, you know, being young and, and being kind of a, 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 I don't want to say control freak, but just wanting things my way. And, you know, I, I guess I can sort of remember when I was young, you know, I used to have, have dirt bikes and asking my brother to help me fix my, my dirt bikes or change a, change a wheel or whatever. I mean, it was always just this, he would always say it's never good enough for you, no matter what I do. And I'd always just wind up doing it myself. So mm -hmm. there's, there's kind of that bit of it and just being like really persnickety and wanting things a certain way. It's really not a control freak thing. It's, it's more of a, just like I have in my mind, what, what I want the outcome to be. And if, if you're not going to help me get to that, I would just rather do it myself. So hmm. All right. that and, and countless hours playing with Legos by myself, just building cities and, and destroying cities and spaceships <laughs> and whatever, you know, just, I think maybe Legos are the, are the poster toy of the five. Probably. Yes. That's so, and I was way into Legos. Build stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure. So what do you love most about being your number? Um, I, I, I think it's that by the time I get, by the time I get to an opinion on something, I have really, really earned it. 
I mean, I have, I don't come to an opinion on something just kind of floating in the breeze. I've, I've thought about it. I've studied it. I've wrestled with it. And I, I would say, you know, my faith is a lot that way. Not that I don't still, that's evolving constantly, but I will say that like the, the things I believe, I believe them because I have spent right. a lot of time at them, studying them, listening to people who are smarter than me talk about those things. So um, I, I think it's that once I have an opinion, I, I can defend it and I've kind of earned it. That's really good. That's good. Yeah. So well, thanks for sharing, David. Did you have a no problem? Thank you so much for spending your time with us and, yep. you know, just really getting into this vulnerable stuff about how does, you know, how do you tick? So thanks a lot for talking with us today. We really sure. It. Yeah, no problem. It was, it was fun doing it. Okay, so we're going to move on and talk about what it's like to be a six. So here are some things about a six. This is kind of how they feel. I'm always imagining planning for the worst. I often don't trust people in authority. People say I'm loyal, understanding, funny, and compassionate. Most of my friends don't have as much anxiety as I do. I act quickly in a crisis, but when things settle down, I fall apart. When my partner and I are doing really well, I find myself wondering what will happen to spoil it. Being sure I've made the right decision is almost impossible. I'm aware that fear has dictated many of my choices. I don't like to find myself in unpredictable situations. I find it hard to stop thinking about the things I'm worried about. I'm generally not comfortable with extremes. I usually have so much to do, it's hard for me to finish tasks. I'm not comfortable when I'm around people who are, unless I'm most comfortable when I'm around people who are pretty much like me. People tell me I can be overly pessimistic. I am slow to start and once I get started, I find myself continuing to think about what, what could go wrong. I don't trust people who give me too many compliments. It helps me to have things in some kind of order. I like to be told I'm good at my job, but I get very nervous when my boss wants to add to my responsibilities. I have to know people for a long time before I can really trust them. And I'm skeptical of things that are new and unknown. And our sixth that we're talking to today is my sister, Tamara Thompson. Welcome Hi. to Afraid Not, Tamara. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. We are so glad you're here. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I am Jill's sister, and I um, live in Yukon. I also have known Robin for, um, for some years now. <laughs> and... Um, Yes, I go way back with her to Council Road Baptist Church. Probably and, back to like 1990, I think. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, let's see, I've, I've got three children. I'm a wife. Um, I have uh, two, two daughters and a son. I am a teacher as well, and I am definitely a six. <laughs> yes. One thing I would like to say that shows us a demonstration that you are a six you know how the list that Jill just read <laughs> about including that you are loyal and understanding and compassionate? Listeners, I just want you to know that Tamara has been hanging in with us for about an hour while we were trying to get our technical difficulties worked out, and she's been nothing but sweet about <laughs> So that's just an example of how compassionate you are and how understanding you are. So thanks a lot for being that for us tonight. 
Well, thank you. <laughs> no problem. That's funny. <laughs> so tell us, six, what is the lens that you use to see the world? What does the world look like to you as a six? Well, um, I guess since I tend to just kind of be a little bit skeptical of people or situations, um, I, I do probably play it safe um, in, in most things I do. I, I kind of try to, I don't know, think things through in my head and figure out what would kind of play it out and how it would go. And then I choose the safe category almost every time. Um, but how do I see the lens, let's see, the lens to see the world? I mean, overall, I think relationships are very important to me. So I, I can see the loyal side there. I definitely um, do take a while to kind of like build those relationships and um, figure out kind of like who, who I'm close to or who, who I get that connection to. And then I can usually keep that for a long time because I try to, I don't know, make relationships important, I guess. Yes. Okay. So if you are walking into a party, where, what goes through your mind? Where do you go in the room? Do you go to the middle of the room? Do you go to the sides? Do you look like a different person? Um, okay. So I probably would not go to the middle of the room. I would, I would, if it's, first of all, I would like it to be people that I know and I would like it to be a smaller party, but, um, I usually will kind of, I want to go to people I know. I'll look around to see who I can talk to, who I know, who I feel comfortable with. Um, I definitely don't want to be the life of the party by any means. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to be ignored either though, you know, <laughs> so I want to just kind of find, find the, find my people that I can just kind of hang out with and feel comfortable with. Absolutely. So are you more comfortable like in a small group setting with people, you know, then probably definitely. Yes. For sure. Uh, the next question we want to ask you is, what have you found challenging about being a six? Now that you're really coming into knowing more about it and recognizing, hey, that's me, I'm a six. Mm -hmm. um, well, I definitely, the, having a little bit of worrying and, and just like being anxious over things, that's definitely been a challenge. Um, I, I tend to kind of get in my head and, um, think, think, overthink things, I suppose. And, um, I find also decision making can be hard if it's like a big decision, if it's a life decision, um, something important, I, I overthink it. I second guess myself. I end up wondering if I did the wrong thing and it's just ridiculous <laughs> how far <laughs> I can go with this. <laughs> That's, it's a struggle. It's real. It's real. Yes, it is real. You kind of worst case scenario, everything in case it happens. So you're ready. Yeah, I, I did. I do tend to do that. Um, I never really even noticed I did that until I was reading about um, that being a, a character trait. And then I think, yeah, I actually do. I do that sometimes. I didn't realize I, that people don't do that. Huh? Were you just kind of realizing that other people might not do that? Right. Yeah, I, I like if I'm put in a situation, um, it's just something I I do. I'll sometimes think, well, what if this happened? I'll kind of, it's it's not like a long thought. Usually it's just quick, but it happens almost in any situation that I'll kind of imagine like, 
<laughs> I don't know. It, it's, it's one of the traits I noticed is the overactive imagination. And I for sure have that. So I'll find myself <laughs> sometimes like, oh, what if this happened? And I have to like, take it down a notch and be like, okay, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> what do people misunderstand about you? Probably just that I, I mean, I do tend to overthink things and maybe occasionally might need to be um, talked down a bit or like, you know, um, calm down. I, I guess that would be what I would say. Um, I don't know. Uh, one thing I, I, I think too is um, I was reading that, you know, one of the things that sometimes we do as sixes is um, we are loyal and then we want to be, we want to like see if that will be reciprocated Let's see if, you know, if right. we're wondering if who we can count on. And, um, and so I guess I would think people maybe don't understand that about me that, that I'm, I'm probably more insecure in that way. Like as far as relationships go, like that's a struggle sometimes of like, Oh, do they like me? <laughs> Are they mad at me? Like constant, just stupid worries that creep in my head. But sixes are, and I'm sure this is, this is so true for you. Just, just a loyal person. Once somebody has your friendship, they've got your friendship that they can count on you. And sixes are, you know, sometimes they're called the most faithful and dependable people on the Enneagram. So that's one of those awesome parts about you being a six. And yeah. I think sometimes people don't give you enough credit, maybe, is what they misunderstand. Maybe when, when you're stressing about something. Mm -hmm. I don't know that people always give you as much credit as you're due. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Interesting. There's also, um, there's two, actually two types of sixes. There's a regular six and there's a counterphobic. There's a phobic six and a counterphobic six. Do you mm -hmm. think fall more into the phobic six category? Would or you explain what that is, Jill? Okay, so a phobic six is, they're just, their fear is just things that could go wrong. A counterphobic six is almost, their fear is fear itself. So they sometimes can look like an eight because they're like, I'm just going to push through and I'm going to do what I need to do. But it's really brave because they're, they just want to not be afraid. So they're going to push through it anyway. Mm. They can look aggressive doing that. And sixes can, can, can revert between the two, mm -hmm. but usually they're more one than the other. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I would probably say I kind of go between the two. And something that the, um, that we're also learning about that each number has one particular thing that we struggle with the most. And according to this this, well, not just this book, but the, the Enneagram itself, is that sixes deal mostly with fear. Do you feel like that is something you see in your life? Has that been something that you've dealt with and that you recognize? Yes, definitely. Um, I think, um, like looking back, you know, that's something that I have to, um, like different times for different reasons, but um, sometimes it is irrational fear. And, um, sometimes if I, you know, don't kind of keep it in check, it can like cause some serious issues, you know, just, mm -hmm. um, where you can't accomplish things because it's, it's got, you know, it's got your mind consumed. Um, I also think sometimes uh, that that's when I have to really 
you know, if I get too fearful, that's when I go to God and I have to pray and just kind of give it to him because I have had times where I've like, you know, just, you know, I think everyone does this, whatever their number is that sometimes you just start up worrying at night or, you know, worrying about those things that get to you. And, and sometimes it can be, um, I think sometimes it's important, like it's real fear and other times it's just kind of made up, you know, we just kind of blow it up. So true. Yeah. Do you have like an early memory that you can think of that, that would point to you being a six when you were younger? Um, yeah, I think like now that I know more about it, I, I think like for sure I worrying and anxiety was an issue when I was younger as well. Um, I think a specific memory. Um, I can think of like when, you know, like if, if a family member was gone, like one of my parents might've been at the store, just something easy. And it, in my mind, they were a little late. So I'm like, Oh, they had a wreck and they died. And like, in my mind, I played out this whole scenario. Oh, and I, remember yes. part. I know. I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> so like as a child, I mean, like I could, I could imagine the worst case scenario, sorry, my dogs are barking. Um, and I would just get to the point almost of just tears and crying. And it wasn't even a real thing that I just imagined in my head. So yes, I do remember doing that. Um, sometimes. Just preparing yourself for the worst. <laughs> yeah, I think so. If you had to pick one thing that you really love the most about your personality, about the fact that you're a six, what is it that you really love the most? Um, I mean, I think I love, I love the fact that um, I'm loyal and I'm trustworthy. I'm somebody that, um, you know, I try to be a good friend and a good listener to others. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I like that about me. Me too. Oh, me too. <laughs> you know what? And listeners, if you are just aware that as we have talked about this, that you are thinking, oh my goodness, this person in my life, that is describing this friend or my child or my spouse, or mm -hmm. you have a six in your life, you are very fortunate because the sixes in our lives are the loyal, dependable friends who are always there for you. And you can really, really count on them, which is such a blessing. We need our sixes big time in life. <laughs> and they're most often looking for what's good for the whole. So if you're doing a work project, that person that's looking out for everybody in the group might be a six. They're usually want, wanting to see what works the best for everybody, not just me, not just you, but the whole group. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. <laughs> So Tamara, where do you go in times of stress? Which number do you tend to go to? Um, I think I tend to go towards a three. Um, I just kind of overperform and want to um, please others and want to um, just get things done. And um, it, it, I think that's typically what I would do in stress. Mm -hmm. And then in strength, you go to what number? A nine. I, I think that's where I go. I, I feel like that's where I try to like, um, be a little more, I don't even know, huh? Be a peacekeeper and 
Yes. My daughter, my, my oldest is a nine and we were just recently talking about that. So that's funny. Yeah. I, I definitely can see that. Like that's probably, I guess that's my strength is I can try to lean towards that way whenever I'm feeling secure and good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and then what I also was thinking is um, like, where do I go besides like, the actual number is um, I think back at like verses that have helped me. And since I'm a planner, I, um, I like to kind of see the future. I wish I could see the future, I should say. And I like to think ahead. And so sometimes I worry about those silly things. And um, Jeremiah 29 11 has been like a big, you know, influence, um, an important verse for me because it says, I know I, for I know the plans I have for you and they're plans of good and not of evil and plans for a hope and a future. And sometimes that just like, I can see how that verse is one of my favorites because it speaks to the fact that I don't know what is in store. I don't really know how much I can plan ahead and know the future, but thank, thank goodness he knows. <laughs> so true. Yes. Something that I think would be helpful for sixes, and this is straight out of the book, Road Back to You, and it says that the contrary virtue to the deadly sin of fear isn't courage, but it's faith, which is a gift. So pray for it. So you can encourage the sixes in your life. If you're a listener, you can encourage the sixes in there in your life to pray for faith, to trust just exactly what Tamara was sharing, to trust that God's plans and purposes are for your good and that you can rest in him. So that's really good to know because if, you, if you're thinking, I just need this courage, I need courage, but it's kind of hard to manufacture it. You can pray for faith to act in trusting that God has you. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that. Well, thank you. Thanks for sharing with us, Tamara. We can't thank you enough. Thanks for being with us and for your patience with us and for sharing vulnerably with our listeners about your awesome personality, being a six. All right. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Good to know like more about kind of like why we are the way we are and just kind of understand ourselves better, I think. So absolutely. True. All right. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Okay, so now we are moving on to our sevens, the enthusiast. What it feels like to be a seven. I'm always the first person up for a last minute adventure. I'm an optimist to a fault. I don't like making hard and fast commitments to things. I suffer from FOMO. Anticipation is the best part of life. People close to me say I can be argumentative and act superior. Variety and spontaneity are the spice of life. Sometimes I get so eager for the future I can hardly wait for it to get here. It's hard for me to finish things when I get close to the end of a project. I start thinking about the next thing and then I go get so excited I sometimes move on. I usually avoid heavy conversations and confrontations. When people I care about are having a hard time, I help them look at the bright side of the situation. Other people think I'm sure of myself, but I have lots of doubts. I'm popular and have lots of friends. When things get too serious for long, for when things get too serious for too long, I usually find a way to get people to lighten up, often by telling jokes or funny stories. I don't like endings, so I usually wait for people to break up with me. I get I quickly get bored with the same routine and like to try new things. Almost everything can be more fun and entertaining with a little effort. 
I think people worry about worry more than they should. Life is better than people imagine. It's all about how you explain things to yourself. I don't like it when people have expectations of me. And that is what it's like to be a seven. So our guest on Afraid Not, who's going to tell us about what it's like to be a seven, is Jill McCormick. Hello, Jill. everyone. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, Jill. Sure. We, we <laughs> talked about how Jill is a seven, and she agreed to share her perspective on this, and you'll be hearing from Robin two weeks from today when you hear <laughs> from the nines when we do our eight, nine, and one. So, Jill, thanks for being willing to be vulnerable. Talk about how you see yourself as a seven and sure, how. Sure, sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure, sure. So, I wanted to tell you, by the way, a couple of the things on the list, which Jill read straight from our book that we've been referring to, The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile. I remember some of the things that have happened in our friendship that are so <laughs> much like this. For instance, hasn't there been one time or maybe more than one time that you started painting a bathroom and then you just said, oh, um, I'm done. Yeah. And Sean yeah. came in and finished. Yeah. So I picked this bright yellow color, because, I mean, why not yellow, in for our bathroom, and I'm like, I'm just going to paint this whole thing, and when Sean gets home, he's going to be so excited and surprised, because the bathroom will be painted. <laughs> and <laughs> not thinking about, I can't really reach certain parts of it, because I'm not super tall, and there's like all kinds of little things you have to go around, and I'm not good with edges and corners, because that takes detail. I just like to like have the big roller and just go at it. So I got <laughs> that part done, and then it, all of the extra harder stuff, I just stopped. And Sean got home, and I was like, sorry. I I'm a seven. The <laughs> <laughs> and He's also like, oh, a project for me I didn't know I was going to have to do. Another fun way I see that you're a seven is on this list, there was a thing about how you like to try new things, and you don't want to keep things the same too long. I would say Jill is the queen of the most variety uh, of pulling off awesome hair looks and <laughs> she can do every color she can do every cut she can do every style I'm telling you what she does not keep the same old boring hair like me who's basically had the same hair since eighth grade so boredom anyway. is not good for a seven <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that boredom is not a good thing so let's start our conversation about sevens today with asking you how do you see the world just on a day-to-day -day basis when you just look at things what's the way you see well, basically, I think that life should be a musical, and we should just break out in song and dance. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. If I was walking down the halls at school and just started singing, oh my gosh. Like in the movie Shrek, where they're like, yeah. it's a musical. <laughs> Put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. Yes. yes. So help me. That was free, listeners. That's what I want life to be. <laughs> I mean, I know that it's not always that, but. By the way, if you haven't seen Shrek, I'm sorry. I know that that sounded a little out there. Sorry. So. So you see the world as as if you could sing and dance your way through it. Yes. 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 I love it. That would be my, well, that's what I would like it to be. Okay. And I wanted to ask you, when you are going into a party, what are you thinking and what are you feeling? Where are you going to gravitate to in the party? Well, if it's a group of people that I know pretty well, I'll probably go to the middle and the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And play the games and... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Have the fun. Yeah. I'm, I don't, I mean, I'm not afraid of the spotlight. You're good in the oh, spotlight. That You're sounds funny. so horrible. I hate saying that. 
But I don't hate the spotlight. And I love the way you laugh. That's something fun about your personality, which definitely goes hand in hand with the fact that a seven is in the moment and sharing the fun. So I think that your laughter is one way that you show that. Um, what have you found challenging about being a seven? And now that you've kind of realized more and studied more mm-hmm. and, and you see that light bulb of, oh, that's me, what's challenging about it? Well, sevens are not, so sevens don't have a line or a wing to the feelings triad. Um, twos don't have that line to the head triad and eight and sevens don't have it to the feelings triad. So it's difficult sometimes for me to access my own emotions when it comes to my stuff. I can access emotions for other people all the time. Which you do all the time as a counselor. Yes, and that's yeah. fine. But it's hard sometimes for me to access my own feelings about something. And it takes me a while to process my feelings about it. Because, like, if something's sad, the basic need or the motivation of a seven is fun. And I don't, and happy. And I don't really like sad for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I will kind of push it away as long as I can. And then all of a sudden it just bubbles out. So that's a challenge. Um, not being great with details in a project is a ch- like the bathroom uh, story. Details are, I wish I was better at details. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so. I remember we were in a conversation one time. We were talking about how sevens may even reframe the feelings Mm -hmm. that they feel and not want the sad parts. So they'll just even see things in a different light. So talk about that for a little bit. That's true. Well, like a lot of, sometimes people will bring up stuff from like my friend that I, that I grew up with or my sister or my parents will bring up something that happened when I, when I was a kid and I don't even actually really remember it. And if I do, or if I look at a picture of something, I kind of remember it. It's like a snapshot, but I don't, I think I just am able to turn something a little bit and then throw it out if I don't like it, hmm. which is not great because there's pieces that I, of my lifetime that I just don't remember. Hmm. It's interesting. It's very interesting. It's strange. Okay. So what about how people might misunderstand you? Has that happened? Are there times that maybe they just didn't get what you really meant or what you really thought or something just because they didn't quite see deep enough or something about how you were responding? Well, I think sometimes, I'm, and I'm not like an over-the-top seven, but I think sometimes people expect sevens to be the life of the party all the time mm-hmm. and to be energetic and everything's fun and funny all the time. But there can be a dark side to seven sometimes. Sure. I mean, um, Robin Williams was thought to be seven. Mm. A lot of comedians. So it's like there's a there's a kind of an up and a down. So sometimes if I'm not in an up mood, every, people are like, what's wrong with you? What's going on? And sometimes I'm just quiet. Mm-hmm. Not often. But occasionally I just am in a quieter mood. So um, I think it's easy for people to misunderstand sevens, especially when they get when they hit a low point. Mm-hmm. And s- since it's harder to process emotion, once that emotion is getting processed, it kind of you kind of go into yourself. All right, where do you go on the Enneagram circle? Where do you go in stress, and where do you go in security? In stress, I go to one, and I 
start that's when I can focus a little bit more on details and but I start cleaning or I start noticing things that are out of place I start wanting to make sure everything is just right um that can be good and bad I mean I can get a little bit more involved with the project or with details but a lot of times it's just hectic kind of hectic cleaning hectic moving around and kind of all of a sudden a, a stress of like I got to get this done I got to I have these things on my list I have to work on these things so that's where I would go in stress in strength I go to a five mm-hmm. and um, I I can get more to where I'm a little bit quieter and I'm researching like if there's a, something that I'm needing to look into I'm good at researching mm-hmm. that's I interesting can, I can find I mean when like writing papers and stuff in college I, that was not an, a bit usually a big deal for me because I'm good at research mm-hmm. well and even I can think back to a couple of years ago when you were really getting interested in the Enneagram mm-hmm. and you were really good at researching it and you were just you it just came to you naturally to start reading about it and retaining the knowledge about it and even explaining it to me explaining it to people in your life that's an example of that too well, that is something about sevens, too. Once they find the thing, that something that they're really honed in on, they will go full force with that thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what about the deadly sin of sevens? How does that play out in your life, and is it something that you deal with? The deadly sin of seven is gluttony, and that is not necessarily gluttony of food or drink or whatever. It can be... It could be. It can be all kinds of different things. It's just a gluttony of not wanting the f- whatever the fun thing is to end, wanting more and more of it. Mm-hmm. So gluttony. So what? Like uh, this kind of goes into my early memory of um, being this type my whole life. So when when I was little, my friend Melissa and like some some other people would say that if they came over to my house or I went over to their house and it was time to leave or time for them to leave, I was like no, and I would like kind of put my hands across the door and I wouldn't let them out because it was we were having so much fun and I just didn't want the fun to end so cute so it's just whatever the fun thing is you just don't want it to end mm-hmm. and seven it's it's a weird thing though because sevens have FOMO also by the way in case there's a listener who doesn't know what that is please tell everybody what is FOMO fear of missing out so like always like is some are they doing something without me are they having fun without me can I get involved okay so the thing the part where it, it talks about how I get so eager for the future, I can hardly wait for it to get here. Planning for a fun event is a big thing for sevens. And then once the event comes, it's sometimes not even as fun as the whole, like we've built it up in our head so much. Mm-hmm. So the planning it's, itself was the super fun part. Yeah, because we, and we built it up to be this great thing. So then when it happens, it's like, oh, I mean, it's fine. You know what I mean? And then yes. we're already on to the next thing. Yes. So sevens are very future oriented. I, I don't deal in the past a lot. I don't hold grudges. I don't think about that. And part of the good thing about not being able to reframe things in my head, I don't. I really don't keep grudges. Because if it's something that was hurtful, sometimes I don't even remember it. <laughs> Which is actually great because you let it go and it doesn't eat at yeah. you. That's actually, recognizing that's pretty pretty great, I think. Which I wouldn't have been able to do without the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. So. Right. You answered this Next question a little bit already, but you may have another thought you want to share to add to it. What is an early memory you have 
that shows that you have been this type all your life? I think I've just been planning my whole, like even when I was a kid, I was always thinking about the next thing or when I grow up, I'm going to do this. And that was, I've just always been in five steps ahead of what's happening in my mm -hmm. head, mm -hmm. even when I was a little kid. So, yeah. And then what do you love most about being a seven? I like being in the happy half of life. I don't, yeah. <laughs> don't want to be in this glass half full. Absolutely. I like feeling like I'm in a musical and even if it's just in my head. I love it's that. my it's my good time. It's fine. I'd want to be in the musical with you. That'd be really oh, fun. yeah, you can be in my musical for <laughs> sure. <laughs> love it. So what would be helpful for our listeners if they are married to a seven, parenting a seven, friends with a seven? How could that information how, what would be helpful in that relationship so that it's uh, a more healthy relationship? Do you have any tips for that? Um, just be patient with the sevens <laughs> in your life. <laughs> We're just kind of scattered and all over the place sometimes. And my husband is so nice and calm with me because I get into, like, this is probably another memory I could have said. Like, I don't like to be in one place for too long. Like, I don't want to move across the country necessarily I mean I could but I move I like to move houses just for the experience like I'm just I just get bored I have to rearrange the furniture or move houses or something <laughs> like we're <laughs> currently building a house just because I'm like well that's something we've never done before let's do that yeah because I've not had that experience and before. you've had the bravery to try new jobs too you've just yeah. you haven't stayed in one building in one no. job the entire time that you've been in Owasso public schools no and when Sean was even considering changing jobs I was like just do it if you hate your job do it like I'm not ever and I think that's uh, that works for me okay and with the counseling being a guidance counselor because if a kid is like this is what I think I want to do I'm like well then let's do that let's figure out a way and get that done mm -hmm. I don't I don't necessarily see things as I just can't do this I just want to figure out a way to do it if that's what I want to right. do right there's no bounds and I love that I love that about your personality um I was wondering if we but could it does take some patience to be with a seven take some patience yeah okay <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what, if, if someone is a healthy seven, what does that look like? If they're in an average space, what does that look like? And in, if they're in an unhealthy space, what does that look like? Because there are different levels of, for every number, not just sevens. Mm -hmm. Each number, if they're in a healthy space, they're going to be living their life and it'll show certain patterns. And then, of course, the unhealthy option as well. So, um, I think unhealthy sevens a lot of times try things that maybe they shouldn't to try and avoid pain. Mm -hmm. um, that's another motivator is avoiding pain. Um, and feeling sorry for themselves or going the other way and getting very reckless in their behavior mm -hmm. and just trying too many things that are just not safe even. Um, average sevens, they find most of their happiness in anticipation. I mean, anticipation is fun for seven. And um, reframe some things, but try not to reframe everything and try to access those feelings a little bit easier. It's just something you just kind of have to learn to do. And then a healthy seven, often less is more. A healthy sevens, you kind of have to get to that point where you have to monitor yourself and be like, am I trying to do too much of this thing? Whatever it is, if it's 
if it's food or if it's um, reckless behavior, if it's driving too fast, whatever it is. Or even good things like exercise. Sure. So anything sure. can be, if it's in moderation, it can be healthy. But also it could be taken out of moderation and be a problem. Right, yeah. Anything that is like the thing that you want to do, is it becoming too much? Is it becoming like your little demigod to yourself? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I guess the healthy one knows how to enjoy the gifts of life but they're not going to just have an unhealthy amount of seek it more and more and more they're going to just let themselves feel even the disappointment sometimes or the pain sometimes right. or, and let the the normalcy of life have some not adventure and be okay with that yeah interesting this is also great you know like some numbers you have to push them out of their box mm -hmm. and tell them to go do you go try more new things like if you're scared, that's okay. Just go try and do it. For a seven, you kind of have to sometimes pull back a little bit. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do all of these things. If you want to do some of them, that's fine. But you kind of have to learn how to moderate things. So I think one question I also was just wondering, when you figured out, okay, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, and started you know, finding yourself in the pages of the book, The Road Back to You, or in studying and looking online or wherever you found your material. But what were some of the things that you thought, I I see God made me this way. This is a strength that I have. But it could also be a weakness. Everything we have that's a strength can also be a weakness. But what are some of the ways you recognize, well, God made me this way and I'm good at this? I, I, I always thought my spiritual gift was um, encouragement. So I knew that I kind of liked that part of talking to people, encouraging them. But I didn't realize that it also worked with my Enneagram. I didn't know Enneagram yet. So I didn't know it was working with my sevenness of that's the enthusiast in me, of like being people's champion, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, I don't know. Do we remember to say at the beginning that the nickname for the seven is the enthusiast? Mm -hmm. So yeah. the enthusiast is... And here's a quote that is an example of how a seven may feel. It's actually from Peter Pan. <laughs> Just think <laughs> of happy things and your heart will fly on wings. There's a seven quote for you, friends. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I have to be careful of is not silver lining everything for people, you know, because sometimes, mm -hmm. and I'm learning from my fours, my daughter, and from other fours that it's okay to sit in that sadness. And I know from like counseling classes and stuff that, I don't have all, I'm not going to have all the answers. And sometimes just saying, just letting them voice it or just sitting silently with somebody is enough. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't have to give them the silver lining every time. That's a lot good. of times people don't want the silver lining. And that's something I have to, because I always, I usually do want a silver lining. So <laughs> I have to remember that <laughs> not everybody wants that. <laughs> that's really so. good. I, I needed to hear that today. That's good. Well, Jill, thanks for being a guest on Afraid Not and going vulnerable and sharing with us about being seven. You're so welcome. So I'll see you next time. Okay. <laughs> so everyone, we hope you've enjoyed our show today of hearing from a five and a six and a seven. And big thank yous to go to David Simons, our five, and Tamara Thompson, R6, and to my co-host, Jill McCormick, <laughs> my, our wonderful seven. 
So thanks a lot for just listening in today. And the next time that we talk to you, we will be talking with the eights, the nines, and the ones. So if we haven't said your number yet or you're not sure or you're like, some of these don't really, none of these really sound like me, just wait and we'll have the eight, nines, and ones. Um, after that, we'll get back to our regular schedule of interviewing people and them telling us their stories of their prayed knots. If you like the show, it helps us if you would go on and rate and review and subscribe. That's how we get more listeners. And I hope you guys have a great week. 